0: Happy and blessed New Year. Today is the fourth Sunday. The readings of the church are the fourth Sunday of Kierke. And we're getting prepared. and The church is preparing us for uh, meeting the true joy coming down from heaven. And uh, today, uh, very quickly, we will uh, just journey a little bit for a second on uh, something that always uh, made me wonder. Zacharias. Zacharias has a beautiful journey that is not so uh, always... Joyful, just like all our years. Years pass. Sometimes there's trouble. Sometimes there's joy. And this is the case with with Zechariah. And let's all today uh, journey with Zechariah. My question is, so just a, again a bird eye view uh, last week we, we uh, read the, when, when Saint Mary, so after Archangel Gabriel, announced to her uh, the coming of the Messiah in the second week of Kiak, the third week, which was last week, Saint Mary went to Elizabeth, her cousin, and she served her and the moment Elizabeth met Saint Mary, she again the gospel says filled, was filled with the spirit somehow because John had the spirit in him as well. And she, she figured out, she realized that this is the mother of her Lord. And Elizabeth praises. Then St. Mary praises. Let's go back a little bit before these events. Nine months earlier than uh, the event of today. When Zacharias was with Archangel Gabriel. And Archangel Gabriel told him, you will have a son. And Zacharias questioned so Archangel Gabriel told him, you will be mute till this is fulfilled. And I don't know about you, but I always thought that's a little tough. Mute for nine months? It's not even just nine months. Think with me here. He was probably in Jerusalem in order to go back to his home, to his wife. That'll probably take maybe a week at least, right? Until he finishes his service. So we're talking about ten months. Oh, that's not even it. Ten months, maybe. And then the angel said, you will be mute till this is fulfilled. Alright, he had a son. Was he unmuted? Was he able to speak right when his son was born? No. How, how was he feeling in these eight days? Right. So they named the son on the eighth day. And on the day when they, were with, they would circumcise a child. How was Zacharias feeling all these nine months and in that eighth day? And why would God allow for Zacharias to be mute for this long? Okay? Um, I just would like to meditate on you. Why would God mute someone? Why would God, in a way, humble someone? Why would God allow for distress, trouble? You know, us struggling sometimes. Why is that period of mutation, or period where we miss the mark, or period of where we cannot speak... We're limited. It's very, why is that necessary uh, for our deliverance and salvation? We'll just discuss three things very quickly. The first one is, God allowed Zacharias to be mute so he can understand his own limits. Zacharias questioned. The moment he heard the angel, it's a very, very similar message to the Virgin St. Mary. Of course, John the Baptist in the case of Zechariah and the Lord Jesus Christ in the, in the case of St. Mary. But St. Mary said what? I am the made servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. That is very similar to what we say in our Father, heart in heaven, when we say, let thy will be done. That's the entire goal of the Christian message. Adam and Eve said, let our will be done. They wanted knowledge their own way. They wanted to be like God. And they wanted to do that on their own. They wanted everything their own way. Let my will be done. What God wanted to teach Zechariah here is that, no, there is a limit. You can't do your own will. Because if you do your own will, you will function on your own. And you have no power, no source of power on your own. Therefore, you need God. We all need God. It's like a remote without batteries. It's a beautiful remote, beautifully constructed. We are all made in the beautiful image of God and His likeness. But if we don't have batteries, it's useless. It's just a piece of plastic and some wires. That's it. Right? So the same thing with Zacharias. And he wanted, as it says in the Pauline today, he wanted Zechariah to understand that just because he's a child of Abraham, it doesn't mean he's a child of the promise. You need God. That's why Abraham was successful in the Pauline today, it says. But it is not as though the word of God had failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. Not all are children of Abraham, because they are his descendants. But through Isaac shall your descendants be named. So this is just St. Paul and Romans talking about how, again, just because we are sons, you know, just because we are sons by, you know, outer appearance, we're in church, it doesn't mean that we're sons. We need to be connected, grafted in the Lord Christ, in the true vine, in order to function. And in order to help us understand this, God in the very beginning, once we sinned, had to put a limit to sin, and say, we need to, God, the Trinity, we need to teach, you know, our image, we need to teach our sons and daughters, the limits of this. Right? Which is why death was a sentence. Which is why death was introduced. Which is why that allows us to understand our own limits. On our own, death is inevitable. In Christ, with every beginning, there's no end. You know, on our own, every end, every beginning has an end. With Christ, every beginning has no end. Right? So, again, God was trying to help Zechariah understand this concept. We are limited and on our own. That's why Zechariah, when he opened his mouth today and he praised, he said what? God deli- being delivered from the hand of our enemies. What is our enemies? Sin, death, disobedience. My will be done. That's what Zacharias did. Right? And we'll read uh, one last time before we end. We'll just remind ourselves of what Zacharias said at the end. But that's just the first thing, very quickly. To understand our own limits. That's why sometimes God allows for tribulation. The second. God allows for a period of silence. Or He gives us the opportunity, or tries to teach us to be silent, because we need a chance to carefully observe and contemplate. We don't do this enough. I would really recommend for all of us to go back and listen to both priests talking yesterday in the sermon. One of the priests was saying that our life right now is like a hamster in a wheel. And that's very true. We just do things routinely and we just go in a circle over and over and over and over. But it's purposeless. It's not, there is no end goal. We lost the purpose. What's what is all of the, the human advancement, the technology and health and science, if we lose what makes us tick? If we lose what makes us human? If we lose what makes us children of God? It's like, again, a remote not functioning. It's a remote being used as, I don't know, a spoon. That's what we do. We're trying to use ourselves in a way different than the way we were intended to be used. What did Zechariah do for these nine months? I want us to contemplate on how, what, what was he doing in these nine months. So first off, he had to go back to his wife and somehow tell her without speaking that an angel appeared to him and that God is telling him the good news. In the prophecy of today, we realize that Zechariah is actually reading the prophets and reading the Old Testament and realizing that, you know what? Maybe something is, you know, coming up. Something is happening. Salvation is here. He's coming. And maybe the words of the angel were, because he was not speaking, he was very focused and able to contemplate on the words of the angel. Another thing Zechariah was probably meditating upon. When St. Mary showed up to St. Elizabeth, where was Zechariah in this? Of course, St. Mary was staying with her relative, St. Elizabeth, and this is the household of Zechariah. So he was for sure hearing about, well, first, how Elizabeth felt the babe leaping in her womb how she was filled with the Holy Spirit, how the Spirit filled Elizabeth and she was prophesying and she praised God, he was learning from Elizabeth, wasn't he? What was he also learning from? He was learning from St. Mary. She probably, I mean, she stayed with him about six months. She was probably, you know, she probably maybe told Elizabeth, Elizabeth told Zechariah, I'm imagining with you here, but what was he doing in these nine months to lead him to a moment here today when he exploded. He exploded with joy and praise. And we'll talk about that in a second. But again, the second thing is, again, a chance to carefully observe and contemplate. Why does God allow sometimes moments where we feel we can't speak, we're like, Lord, I'm drowning. Well, God is asking us, it's like Peter, the moment we look at Him, then we are saved. We are, He raises us up. But the moment we're worried about all the... You know, the sea and, and the waves and the storm. And, well, we're distracted. And then we're the hamster in the wheel. We're in the world. And we're never focused on the goal. But once we realize that there's storm, and I need to look up to God, and I have no recollection of anything or any focus of anything, but the Lord Christ, then things start clicking. And this is what happened with Zechariah. Once he started contemplating on what his wife Elizabeth was saying, Once he started contemplating about what St. Mary was saying. Once he realized what the archangel was saying. And once he sat with the gospel. When he sat with the scripture, with the Bible, with the words of God. And started trying to be a student. Sitting under the feet of his master, Lord God. To try and learn. Then, only then, can he be enlightened and his mouth can be opened. The third and final thing is being filled with the Spirit. God allows sometimes moments or times of being mute so He can fill us with the Spirit. Just like God says, you know, whoever um, whoever is proud will be humble. And whoever is humble will be glorified. Who does that remind us of? The Lord Jesus Christ. When we are humble, when we are, sometimes we like to, I'm the first one guilty of this, we like to share our opinion in every setting. We like to uh, talk a lot. We like to, uh, you know, have an opinion on everything. In, in, in the society we live in today, no one goes deep a mile. Everybody goes, you know, wide a mile. Meaning, everybody wants to, you know, look at a small video and be a specialist in the field of, you know, you know self-diagnosis. You know, I'm sick, so I'm going to look it up. What should I do? And, and that is, you know, me pretending that I'm a doctor apparently, right? Or me looking up a video on how, you know, the economy works. And that somehow makes me an expert. Well, that's not really how life works, you know? Uh, some people online would joke around and would say, you know, your, your Google search is not my PhD. You know? You can't do that with God. We can't just, oh yeah, I have experience in this, let me handle this God. That's not how that works. And being filled with the Spirit is trusting in the Spirit and being in the Spirit. And that's what Christ was. That's why Christ in the beginning of his ministry said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because Christ is the giver of the Spirit. He is in full of the Spirit and he is the fullness of the Spirit. Right? And when Zechariah was full of the Spirit, as it says in the Gospel today, let me just remind you, uh, the Gospel says, Blessed is, and Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised this horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. So, being in the Spirit, what did Zechariah do? He did a couple things. The first thing out of his mouth, when he learned his lesson from the mute period, was praise. That's actually what opened his mouth. Once he was engulfed in the Spirit, once he was full of the Spirit, once he, you know, like Christ was telling telling the Pharisees, the Pharisees went to him and they were like, "Uh, hey, you know, you you might want to, you know, quiet down your disciples and these children and these people because they're uttering blasphemies. And what did Christ tell them? Surely I say to you, if these become quiet, you know, the stones, the stones will cry out. The stone of the mouth of Zechariah, which was stoned, The tongue became a stone. It wasn't working anymore. The stone of Zechariah was life. Because he saw the glory of God. He was filled with the Spirit. He was reconnected, filled with the Spirit, meaning he had the batteries in the remote, as we were talking about. So all of a sudden, things were properly functioning. And properly functioning, meaning he was praising. He was also prophesying. And that's something being in the Spirit. That's what happens when you're in the Spirit. You prophesy. And prophesy means teaching. Prophesy means God guides you in your speech. Prophesying means you, we are led by the Spirit, as St. Paul explains. And finally, prophesy meaning, as, as, as Zechariah is saying in his um, glorification, that we might serve Him without fear. When we are in the Spirit, when we learn this through our being mute, Then, we serve Him without fear, as it says in the Catholic epistle today. And now little children abide in Him, so that when He appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from Him in the shame at His coming. We serve Him without fear, once we're in the Spirit. That's why St. John the Beloved in his epistle says, perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love. We don't fear God in the sense of, you know, me being scared for my life when we are in Christ, when we are in the Spirit, meaning we respect, it's like a, it's like a loving respect, loving reverence. As, a, as a Deacon says, worship God in fear and trembling, meaning we are worshipping not because we're scared He's going to like strike us, we're fearing because we love Him. It's like, a, again, as we were saying, a parent and a child doesn't want to mess up because he knows the parent will be sad. And that is the fear that is, is engulfed in him. It's a fear, it's a fear in love. It's a, spe- it's a fear of the Spirit. I want to and today. We were at the very beginning talking about how God has all this. Right? St. Mary said, let thy will be done. She had this from the very beginning. That's why we honor her as most holy of all. And Zacharias learned this throughout a journey of being mute. Christ had this, of course, because he's the perfect one. And that's why he glorified God in his every act. As he said in John, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work you have given me. Finished the work. What's the work? His will. The Father's will. That's what we are all called to do. And when we also have these three things, when we are mute you know, in the world, we're all mute in this world. We're all limited. We're all you know, incapable of doing some things. When we understand this limit, when we have a chance to carefully observe and contemplate every day in our quiet time, when we are filled with the Spirit and we praise and we prophesy, meaning we teach and we teach our children, we teach ourselves, etc. And we serve Him without fear. We're like Christ. And tomorrow, our beautiful church celebrates the feast of St. Ignatius of Antioch. He was the disciple of St. John the Beloved. And he lived... Because he was a disciple of St. John the Beloved, he lived till around the year 110, around 110 AD. So, very close to Christ. What does he say? He's talking about how silence is a quality of God. And again, we were talking about here how Zechariah was silenced, became mute, so he actually can become more like God, so he can be humble, so God can glorify him. So, what does St. Ignatius say? He's talking again about us. Being like Christ. He says in his uh, epistle to the Ephesians, It is better for a man to be silent and to be Christian than to talk and not be one. It is good to teach if he who speaks also acts. There is then one teacher, Christ, who, t- who pact and it was done. While even those things which he did in silence are worthy of the Father. So Christ was even silent. Meaning in his, on his way to Golgotha. He who possesses the word of Jesus is truly able to hear even his very silence. Even the Lord's very silence. That he, us, may be perfect and may act as he speaks, as Jesus speaks. And be recognized by his silence, by Christ's silence. There's nothing which is hid from God, but our very secrets are near to him. Let us therefore do all things as those who have him dwelling in them and us. That we may be his temples. And he may be in us as our God, which indeed he is, and will manifest himself before our faces. Therefore, we justly love him. Again, as Zacharias did today, let us praise our God um, approaching this Nativity Feast. And let us be silent a little bit. So we can try to contemplate on God. So we can try to understand that we have fallen short. And that he has humbled himself. So He can be like us. So He can raise us up once more. So we can once more with Zacharias say, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel. For He has visited and redeemed His people. And has raised the horn of salvation, Christ, for us. In the house of His servant David. And glory be to God forever.